0: Hey everyone, this is Tilly again with the OCPHA podcast and in honor of pharmacy technician day this week, uh, we're interviewing a very special guest, uh, Cynthia Bennett on uh, what her role is and how she got into it. And uh, welcome to the podcast today. Cynthia, how are you?
1: I'm doing fabulous. Typical hospital pharmacy, just running around, just getting things done.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, I I guess just for the listeners to learn a little bit more about yourself, can you just give us like a little summary about like, you know, your career path and just a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure. Um, So, I've been licensed as a pharmacy technician since 1999 and my career started off in hospital pharmacy. I've never turned back from hospital pharmacy. I've kind of uh, went in different routes, but I've always stayed true to hospital. I have about 17 years in home infusion as well, and seven years in oncology, seven years in sterile compounding. I did academia uh, as a pharmacy technician instructor for about six years, and then I went to the College of Pharmacy as the inaugural director of experiential education at MBKU. And then um, I did teach during my time there and I actually still teach at um, the College of Pharmacy. I teach the sterile compounding component I am back in hospital pharmacy today.
0: That's that's really awesome. That's a lot of different things that you're doing as a pharmacy technician. Uh, I, I guess I wanted to to also ask you, uh, like what got you into pharmacy? Or why did you kind of decide that as the path that you wanted? To-
1: so actually, that's really funny, because I am Filipino, and most Filipinos are nurses. And so when you're it's probably hardware in our DNA to be a nurse, when you grow up, you have to be a nurse. And so um, with some of my friends from high school they already knew they were going to be nurses and i looked into it and i the thought of starting a a line and i can see the vein move it just kind of freaked me out and i was just like i can't do this so i'm having conversations with my mom and um i didn't decide on a career path for a few years because i have a son who's now 30 and i have a daughter who's 26 and a son who is 22 and a granddaughter who's nine. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my career. So I decided to go into pharmacy. And I told my mom, if I'm a pharmacist, will you be mad if I'm not a nurse? And she's no, you can be a pharmacist. But um, again, it's a huge commitment of time. And when you have small a small child, it, it was like I had to think if I really wanted to invest four years of my life in pharmacy school. So I I decided to be a technician first and then came my daughter and then came my son. And then I just stayed a pharmacy technician. And actually I love my career. I don't think I would have changed anything any differently. Um, But that's how I got into pharmacy because I was supposed to be a nurse and I couldn't start a line. So I can make IVs all day. I just can't stick a patient.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's really good that you were able to know that about yourself, kind of like know that what are your strengths and where are your weaknesses to to kind of like choose which career path would work for you, right?
1: Right. and And, you know, depending on like what your background is, like your family kind of, like guide you into your career choices sometimes, but I was able to negotiate and um, (laughs) get out of nursing. No offense to any nurses. Nursing is great. My sister's a nurse. I just couldn't do it. And um, actually pharmacy is where I found my passion. And honestly, I thought I was going to retire in ICU pharmacy um, when I was at Long Beach, because I really loved the ICU. It's probably my most favorite experience in pharmacy. And then um, and just life unfolds different pathways. And you just keep going through the different channels. And here I am today.
0: Yeah, I actually want to talk about that about all the different experiences you've had as a technician, like how how did you kind of like decide or you know, when you wanted to switch out, you know, from like, for example, from long being, you switching out to like academia, switching out to, you know, operations. Yeah, like, how did that kind of come about?
1: It really honestly, when you say pharmacy is a small world, it truly is. So I started off in a smaller hospital Um, And then I worked per diem and they sent me to the sister hospitals. And then in those sister hospitals, I met pharmacists who worked in different fields. So like when I was at a sister hospital in Norwalk, I met a pharmacist who um, worked in home infusion. And so, and actually, um, the very first director of pharmacy I worked with when I was doing my externship, he became the director of pharmacy of Caps Pharmacy, where I did my sterile compounding. And he actually came to the pharmacy and offered me a job. And that's how I got into sterile compounding. And then from that point, it's all networking. So like, then a pharmacist knows a pharmacist who says, Oh, she's really good at sterile compounding. So then um, when I interviewed for the home infusion job, I thought I interviewed, but actually the pharmacist knew a pharmacist that I worked with. So I got that job that way, but I was doing everything in tandem. So like I worked in hospital pharmacy and I worked in home infusion pharmacy, and then I did sterile compounding pharmacy at caps. And I was kind of juggling three balls and three kids. And it was, but I really was interested in, every aspect of pharmacy. So I just kept pushing the envelope to see how far I can take this. And so um, ironically, the director of pharmacy for Long Beach Memorial was neighbors with director of pharmacy for caps and so she was looking for a technician and he goes we can borrow her but you can't have her full-time she could just be per diem because she works for me full-time and at the time i was just working per diem at different places and then full-time at sterile compounding and things just kind of segued that way it was kind of more of a like my reputation is what it is in pharmacy and people just was like well do you want to work here and i'm just like okay so i just kind of then that's how i got into oncology and a pharmacist i worked with in home infusion per diem at an oncology place and then needed someone who makes chemo. So I learned how to make chemo and I went over there. And so then it just kind of, you know, snowballed into working per diem at a lot of places and then staying true to like uh, Memorial care. I was there for um, 18 years. And then, um, then you get promoted, you know, you get offered promotions and then you go into leadership roles. And um, I became a pharmacy technician supervisor at Memorial care. So then um, that kind of, I had to like pare down some of my other per diem gigs because I needed to focus on being a good leader and going through training for that and it just kind of just snowballed into like um well I know someone who knows somebody and then you know then you just start working and years later you're still working there so like I invested 17 years into one home infusion company and seven years in one oncology place and then with that comes networking obviously you you get to know all your pharmacy leaders and you get to know like different um health systems and different um vendors and training um and Automation and um, EHRs and going all over the country and training. So then comes, you know, different opportunities with different companies. But um, I honestly wasn't quite sure how I got into academia. It was, um, I guess, my background in all different facets of pharmacy um, and being able, then I attended all the conferences as a pharmacy leader. So it was the networking aspect that I had. That got me my first role in um as the inaugural director of experiential education at mbku back in 2017.
0: so yeah so you have a lot of different experiences and uh, like you said it's a lot of like networking and just like you know making yourself be available and um, everyone aware of you and I, I actually wanted to ask a different part of it was that through your experiences you you've had a lot of experiences and you know done different things as a pharmacy technician and Uh, you know, sometimes people may think pharmacy technician only fills men, only prepares men, right? So can you kind of describe a little bit of like those non, I wouldn't say non-traditional, but more of like, not what people think pharmacy technicians um, are limited to, like what kind of things have you done? Sure.
1: So, yeah. So the first, the first part of my career was, I was doing a lot of staffing. So, you know, establishing myself in pharmacy and, you know, I was a compounding IV compounding technician. I was like, you know, I filled cassettes. I did everything I was supposed to do as a staff technician. And then when I got to the ICU, um, I worked solely with pharmacists and I didn't really have interaction with technicians. So I was given a lot more responsibility and I became kind of like a lead in the ICU because, you know, you only work with pharmacists. And so like the expectations go, Higher and you learn a lot more because you don't. You're not doing the mundane filling. You you're actually working in an ICU. There's a lot of critical care patients, and I I I just adapted to my environment. And so I I'm kind of an alpha, so I just kind of took the lead and I just went. I guess hundred miles an hour in taking care of my pharmacies and my ORs and my cath labs. When I was offered a leadership role, it was um, you know. My experiences and how well I ran things, it, I became a pharmacy technician supervisor. So when you become a supervisor, a lot of people don't think that, um, just assume that you're just a lead, but I had the same administrative rights as my director of pharmacy with, of course, with certain limitations due to scope of practice. But, you know, I had, to, I, I was hiring people, I was firing people, doing disciplinary action, I was doing a lot of audits and regulatory compliance. So that's my first time I actually like expanded my role from a technician, from staffing to a leader. And so there's not a lot of opportunities out there, but there are opportunities. So if you have the potential to, I guess, stand out and not just clock in and clock out and do your job, there's opportunities out there for technicians who can do these advanced roles. And then from there, I became the um, inaugural director of experiential education. And um, with that, with that title came a lot of responsibilities. And again, a lot of it was just, you just have to I guess just um be very uh innovative and you have to have a lot of um i guess you just have to rip off the band-aid and just jump in and start doing things without doubting yourself and so it would take a lot of like homework and a lot of studying um you know and i am certified through ptcb as a um, certified technician i did take my sterile compounding boards as well and also my hazardous drugs that's how i'm able to teach um, because of I know the regulatory compliance. And so if, if you have the opportunity to also be a lifelong learner, and attend conferences, webinars, uh, expand your knowledge, and not just leave it to what is the day to day operations at your facility, you can be a leader, you know, in, without even a title, because like I was doing this when I before I was given a title, I just took the initiative to do things on my own.
0: Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and And I guess like, Your role today is a little bit different than the past. And can you kind of describe that a little bit?
1: Sure. So, like, and it's funny how I got into this role too. But um, my current title is kind of it's I'm not sure how I feel about my current title. I, I kind of laugh about it because I went from a director to an executive assistant. But my boss always tells me, and I and I can quote him on this: he goes, "A title is just a title. It's what you do in your role that that counts," which is true. So my current title and my current role is: I'm the executive assistant to the vice president of pharmacy operations at PH Health and. My boss, he's the vice president of pharmacy operations. So it's both inpatient and outpatient pharmacies for the various hospitals in our enterprise. So I mean, I don't really do much for my actual boss, I do things for pharmacy operations. So like I kind of take the latter part of my title, and I kind of run with it. So, I mean, I do things in tandem with what we need to do because current state right now, we're in the middle of our uh, COVID vaccine booster clinics, which is pretty much a four-man operations for as many people as we're serving. It, it's kind of crazy that you think about it. It's actually five people that we We're doing this for the entire enterprise, for all the employees, for all three hospitals. um, Usually that's not within like anything I ever thought I'd be doing, Um, but it's just, you know, during a pandemic, you kind of just roll with the punches and do things as they come. And then I do a lot of things that need to be done, regulatory things, um, training staff, um, getting uh, uh, different parts of the pharmacy up to par, Um, because I have a lot of background in automation, a lot of background in sterile compounding, hazardous drugs, I do know the the regulatory and the compliance aspect of a lot of things, so I can identify where we need to strengthen our uh, pharmacies, and I do a lot with that as well. So I don't staff at all here, Uh, that's not my role, Um, but I do a lot with pharmacy operations and for both the inpatient and the outpatient pharmacies.
0: Awesome. So actually that, that brings me, brings a a question I had for you Uh, for you. You did mention about the, uh, the automation side. And I think uh, in the past you've mentioned that you've also taught that, right? So I guess like, what, uh, what do you think it is that makes you such a great, uh, you know, great lecturer about automation? Uh, You know, a lot of schools have it as a pharmacist teaching, but I, I personally think pharmacy technician is a great person to, to teach that information so i i wonder like what would you think
1: well okay so i i'm coming at from it from both sides so as a user and as someone who implements it as a pharmacy leader you know my director of pharmacy made me very hands-on so i had to go to like you know pennsylvania for training for like when we had ascent and now it's omni cell and i worked closely with all the go lives with all the, the different automations like KitCheck with rfad tagging and different different aspects of different automations I had to learn about the automation, how it interfaces with our EHR, what, how this affects nursing, how this affects pharmacy, look at the workflows. So there's a lot of things I had to do on the backside as a pharmacy leader. And then as the technician go into the trenches with my staff to see, does this work? How does this, I mean, how does this correlate to, is this really patient safety? Are we just doing workarounds? Are we doing rework? So, I mean, the, the, like even just like the how it's connected to the EHR, like how it interfaces. There's a lot of things that a lot of people don't understand about automation. They, uh, there's like a lot of false uh, myths out there about if a, if a hospital pharmacy is fully automated, then we don't have staff. I'm like that's quite untrue because staff is the one that has to replenish the automation. They have to uh, update the automation. They have to fill it. They have to restock it. So I mean, there's just so much more work that. Um, a lot of people don't fully understand. And I think that because I was giving a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunities to um, implement and work with these automation companies and with how it interfaces with the workflow of my team um, and how it impacts patient care from the nursing side, from the physician or entry side, from the pharmacist verification side to the technician um, as the user side, you know, I I think I can teach this fairly decently, I think, because I can give uh, a lot different perspective from just one point of view as just the user, or just as someone who verifies orders.
0: That's a very, very great perspective. And I think that that's missed a lot sometimes in, uh, you know, in pharmacy schools, because there's a lot of focus on the clinical aspect. And there's not um, you know, there there are some focuses on operations, but I think, you know, because pharmacy schools are teaching mostly about clinical and, you know, passing the boards and things like that, that the the real life stuff sometimes gets missed. Yeah. And it's really great to hear that, you know, you're able to provide that perspective when you're, you know, you're teaching the students.
1: Yeah. And it's also even just the simple things, because like, if you really think about it, even as a resident, it, it's a lot of clinical base, but then when they, when they're faced with doing operations, like um, checking Um, like, you know, checking the omni cell batches or things like that. It's completely foreign to a lot of um, new grads, because they've never, they've never had to do that unless they worked in the hospital as a working intern or they were a technician in a past life a lot of this is new information which i think that you know we're not doing our students any services by only giving one aspect of automation or one aspect of pharmacy operations because there's multiple sides to it and in order for a pharmacy to function successfully you have to have all the pieces aligned which is the you know the pharmacists the technicians the students the nurses physicians leadership everything has to be aligned in order for it to work it isn't just the verification the clinical aspect of pharmacy.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really great point. And you know, you've shared a lot of information already. Um, I do have this one question I've listed, you know, or I had this question, I wanted to ask you beforehand, but you kind of answered it, but I'll ask anyway, you know, it's going to be a pharmacy technician day. So I want to ask you, what do you want the audience to know about pharmacy technicians?
1: I just want, like our pharmacy audience to I guess learn to appreciate their technicians in a different respect. I I, I do see a lot of like pharmacy students um, at rotations, and sometimes there's like a myth on the division between pharmacists and technicians. And a great pharmacist doesn't see the division. A great pharmacist respects the whole profession, not the individual professionals. So I think my only takeaway for like people to celebrate Pharmacy Week. Because it is the week of pharmacy. Tomorrow is the day for the technicians, but just understand that we are just one profession. It's not a delineation between pharmacists and technicians. I understand that pharmacists they had to go to school for four years and they have a PharmD after their name, but honestly, a pharmacy doesn't run without a technician in it. Like you can do all the clinical aspects, but without the operational side of it. The clinical doesn't do anything if there's no medication to infuse into your patient. So I mean, just respect the profession as a whole and maybe not see the delineation so much as between technicians and pharmacists, but just one pharmacy family.
0: Awesome. That's that's a really great, um, great statement. And I uh, I also want to ask you another thing, because you have such a you know varied experience in having gone through different roles. And I, I guess like just in general, do you have any career advice for the audience?
1: Well, yeah. So I always, because I, I teach pharmacy school and I teach um, technicians, I still substitute very sporadically and only if they're desperate. But I always tell my students in both respects, like don't limit yourself to what you think you can do because you never know what you can accomplish until you try. Now, technicians, of course, we are, you know, we have a different um, scope of practice because our license only allows us to do so much, but it doesn't stop you from learning more just because you can't, we can't verify orders, obviously, and we can't check IVs, but it doesn't mean you can't be the best in your profession, in your career path to do, um, to make the pharmacy more productive. And, you know, don't just stop at what your task says that you have to do. You could always take it to another level. And that's what makes a great leader is what you can do with your role not just doing your role, but doing what you optimize, what you can do with your role. And if you're not sure, you know, have conversations with your director of pharmacy, have conversations with your pharmacy managers, with pharmacists. I mean, pharmacists, you know, I've, I've learned so much from all the pharmacists I've worked with in the past. Um, and I can honestly say that the contributions they've given to me over the years has made me who I am today, because I never would have pushed myself so so far and so so much if I didn't have the support from my team.
0: Oh, and i I forgot one more one more thing to ask you is uh, if anyone had any questions about you know maybe specifically about you or maybe more about pharmacy technician uh, technicians and mission roles, like how can they reach you?
1: Um, so, they can, I, I have zero social media. So that's another fun fact. I don't have social media at all. The only thing I have is a LinkedIn, which is actually quite boring. Um, they can always email me at my Gmail um, because like my work email, sometimes it's um, very encrypted. Um, so my email is at crbnttrx at, at gmail.com. Um, also, I would also recommend my technicians if they want to expand roles is to join pharmacy organization. It doesn't have to be CPHA or CSHP. It could be anything. There's so many different organizations out there, so many different um, things that technicians can do to elevate their um, profession and just elevate technicians as a whole. So, like, I'm, I'm not sure if you know this, Tony, but like I am currently the chair for the PTEL for CCHP. Um, and I also um, am the chair for the Orange County chapter and liaison for South Bay Long Beach. I also sit on the, C- the CE committee for CSHP as well as the seminar planning committee for CSHP. And also for the ASHP um, Pharmacy Technician Forum for the um, Advancement and Advocacy for Technicians. So I do this on a national level as well. I think that, you know, getting involved with all the pharmacy organizations um, definitely does help promote. Um, technicians, um, and it gets you involved. And you get to um, uh, meet different technicians in different parts of the country, different parts of the state, who you can collaborate with to uh, expand your role, or even just to talk to. And how you would want to even get started on that.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yes, thanks for sharing that, and also thanks for sharing your info. I'll be putting into the show notes for anyone who you know who who wants to reach out. But you know, just thank you again so much for being on the podcast today.
1: No problem.